You're listening to the Brooks Snow Podcast, conversations to help you live in your true identity as the creator of your life. I'm your host, Brooks Snow, and you have episode 102, Conversing with the Lord. Hello, my friends. It has been an exciting few weeks around here. I just launched a new physical product in collaboration with Work and Wonder. It is a prayer journal. The practice of conversing with the Lord through prayer journaling is something that I have done for years. And it's one of my top two tools for personal revelation, right up there with meditation. In this episode, I'm going to tell you what it is and how you can get started doing this as well. If you enjoy this podcast, I know you would love my book, Living in Your True Identity. It's available in Deseret Bookstores and on Amazon.com. It's filled with 21 tools to help you live life as the best version of yourself. When I was a teenager... My friends and I used to joke about how we wanted an angel to arrive at our front door with a scroll that we could read containing the answers we sought heaven for. We thought this would be epic. (laughs) We were at that time of life where our future seemed so vast and full of possibility, and yet we also struggled with the fear of wanting to make the right choice. Where should I go to college? What should I major in? What career path should I choose? Who should I date? Who should I marry? We all wanted answers and we struggled with the process of revelation to discover what those answers were for us personally. We thought an angel showing up with a scroll with the written word straight from heaven would be a big help. A whole message specific to us that was clear and specific on what we should do with our life. And yet, no angel ever showed up for me. Fast forward more than 20 years to when I discovered the practice of prayer journaling. It felt in many ways like that long ago desire being fulfilled. Clear, comforting, detailed messages from the Lord. I was engaged in a meaningful dialogue and receiving revelation in the most wonderful way. My life and my relationship with God has never been the same since. So friends, what in the world is prayer journaling? In short, prayer journaling is writing your prayers to God, but it gets better. (laughs) It's also writing his responses back to you. What happens on the page is a back and forth conversation between me and the Lord. In essence, it is conversing with the Lord. I structure this conversation much like reading a script. I write my name or honestly, to save time, I write the word me with a colon, and I write my thoughts and I write my questions to the Lord. Then I write the word Lord with a colon, and I record his response back and so forth over and over again. It's a real-time back and forth conversation all written down that reads just like reading a conversation between two friends. The last several years, I have taught a mini course on prayer journaling to hundreds of students exclusively in my coaching program. 
The feedback I've received from people has been that this practice is life-changing. And I would repeatedly get requests from people asking if they could please share my course with their child serving a mission or a friend or a family member who they knew could benefit from this practice. I haven't had a good way for people to share my course, but all these requests prompted me to figure out a way we could offer it to the public so more people could benefit from this amazing practice. So about a year ago, I approached Rio Grange the founder of Work and Wonder, which is one of my favorite companies. They design beautiful gospel-centered products that I have loved and used for years. I asked Rio if she might be interested in doing a collaboration together. To my delight, she immediately said yes, and we got to work making this happen. Rio took my prayer journal course, and she designed it into a beautiful PDF guide. And then she designed a physical journal that you can hold in your hands to go along with it. So when you open the journal, there's a little introduction to what prayer journaling is and a QR code you can scan to get the complete guide with everything I taught in my course. Well, we launched this journal two weeks ago and to our astonishment, all the journals sold out within two days. This podcast was all ready to go live, but because the journal sold out so fast, I held off until we could figure out a solution. The thing is, you could totally practice prayer journaling in any type of journal. And with so many people requesting a way to learn the practice of prayer journaling while we wait for a restock, Work and Wonder is now selling my digital guide as a separate purchase, which you could get immediately. Or even better, for a limited time, you can pre-order the physical journal for the exact same price. And you'll get that guide immediately so you can learn the practice while you wait for the physical journal to arrive in the next few months. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes if you're interested in learning more. So how in the world did I start doing this? (laughs) I blame it all on meditation. In my 40-day meditation course, I invite students to visualize the Lord in your meditation. Eventually, we work up to experiencing a meditation in which we see the Lord in our imagination and speak face-to-face as friends. We let go of the traditional prayer outline that we may have used all of our life, and we experience conversing with the Lord in a back-and-forth conversation. This is, of course, an incredible way to empower your prayer experience, and I can honestly say I have never had a boring prayer since. (laughs) One morning, as I was practicing this in meditation, the Lord told me to write down what I had learned from our conversation. So I grabbed my journal to record all the amazing insights that I had received. But when I was finished writing, I had more questions for Him. Instead of going back into an eyes-closed meditation, I simply continued the conversation on paper, back and forth, just as I was used to doing in meditation, only I was writing it all down. And thus we have my first experience of conversing with the Lord through prayer journaling. It is a beautiful companion practice to meditation, and it has been rewarding to have so many of these conversations recorded 
I can go back and read and remember and relearn from those experiences. In many ways, my prayer journals have become my own set of scriptures that represent a record of God's word to me personally. Now, it probably goes without saying that this practice may be wildly new to some people. (laughs) And after teaching this practice to hundreds of students in my coaching program, I can tell you nearly every question, block, concern, or struggle people can have with it. Things like, how do I know it's the Lord speaking and not just me making things up? Or what if he doesn't say anything to me? Or even, what do I even write about? Or even this one, is it really okay for me to do this? I've never heard of this before, and it feels too new or even presumptuous. If you've had any of those same concerns or questions, I've got you covered. In my guide, I address the most common questions and concerns, and I teach the principles behind the practice. I give you prompts on the most powerful questions to ask, And I even give you response prompts for what to write as words from the Lord to get the pen rolling across the page. As I have practiced conversing with the Lord through prayer journaling, I have often reflected on the many prophets in the scriptures. They too kept a record in much the same fashion. God tells them to write the words he will say unto them. The practice is the same, and the practice is ancient. This is the way of personal revelation. God has commanded his people to write again and again for thousands of years. In 2 Nephi chapter 29, verse 11, we read, For I command all men, both in the east and in the west, and in the north and in the south, and in all the islands of the sea, that they shall write the words which I speak unto them. For out of the books which shall be written, I will judge the world, every man according to their works, according to that which is written. Did you catch how inclusive that scripture was? I command all men, and I will add all women both in the east and in the west and in the north and in the south and in all islands of the sea, that they shall write the words which I speak unto them. In the past, I have certainly written promptings down, but prayer journaling has taken this experience to an entirely new level. And I have to say, when you prepare yourself to receive and you ask to converse with the Lord through prayer journaling, God will speak. He will even speak to you in your own verses and chapters. President Russell M. Nelson recently stated, I urge you to stretch beyond your current spiritual ability to receive personal revelation. For the Lord has promised that if thou shalt seek, thou shalt receive revelation upon revelation, knowledge upon knowledge, that thou mayest know the mysteries and peaceable things, that which bringeth joy, that which bringeth life eternal. Oh, there is so much more that your Father in heaven wants you to know. As Elder Neil A. Maxwell taught, to those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, it is clear 
that the Father and the Son are giving away the secrets of the universe. Close quote. I promise you, as you practice writing the Word of God to you, your life will transform in the most glorious ways. Questions are answered. Guidance is given. You receive a new view of who you are and a new view of your life and circumstances. Just as Elder Maxwell taught, you receive the secrets of the universe. Most importantly, the secrets of your universe, your world. There's been a lot of discussion in the last few years about the importance of learning how God speaks to you individually. How do you hear Him? Now, while it is valuable to learn your own unique spiritual gifts and what practices resonate the highest with you on a personal level, there must also be some universal ways in which He speaks to His children all in the same way. Otherwise, we're left feeling like this is one of the most complicated mysteries that we're supposed to figure out all on our own. Are you okay if I offer my most impactful insight for hearing God's voice that I believe is a universal principle that applies to everyone? No matter if you're using this practice of prayer journaling or meditation or prayer or however else you seek God's direction. The most important principle I can teach about hearing God's voice for yourself is that He will speak to you in your own language. Not just whether you speak English or French or Spanish, but specifically speak to you in the style of how you speak. So if you happen to speak in the style of Old English and you walk around saying things like, and behold, I say unto you, (laughs) then you can fully expect for God to use your style of speaking and communicate this way to you. If you don't speak this way, then don't expect God to speak to you in the same way. As your creator, he knows you more intimately than anyone. In fact, he knows you so intimately, he will speak to your mind precisely the way you think. So precise, in fact, that it will usually sound exactly like your own voice in your head. It will sound like you, but it isn't you. There are three voices that speak in your mind. One comes from you. One comes from God. One comes from Satan. They will all sound like your own voice. However, when it is you talking in your mind, you will speak in first person. When it is someone else talking in your mind, they will speak to you in second or third person. The biggest clue is the pronouns and point of view. When you're speaking, you will use the word I. However, if you have a thought come into your mind that says you are fill in the blank, it's obviously not you speaking. Most people never notice the difference because the voice in your head is what you have come to think of as yourself speaking. If a thought comes into your mind that says, you are not enough, 
you will never succeed. Who do you think is talking? (laughs) It will sound like your voice, but it's not first person. It's second or third person. And if the thought brings a feeling of shame or darkness, you can know it is from Satan. Likewise, if you have a thought come into your mind that says, you can do it, you are enough. And the thought brings a feeling of love, joy, peace. You can know it is from God. I describe this phenomenon as your filter. God speaks to me through my brook filter, so it will sound the way I talk. God will speak to you through your filter, so it will sound like your own voice in your head. Pay attention to the point of view your thoughts are coming from. Is it first person thinking? Or is it coming from a different point of view? I want to pause just a moment right here and point out a transformation that can take place in our thoughts. Remember how we've learned in previous episodes, the power of using the words, I am. They hold significant creation power. And those affirmations can be used in two different directions, for positive or negative They are also first-person words. When we hear a third-person identity thought come into our mind, they begin as, you are. But if I was to restate this out loud, I would sound weird talking in third-person, so naturally I convert it into an I am statement. Likewise, if you allow a you are statement to stay in your mind long enough and you start to listen to it and focus on it and believe it, you will also eventually convert it into an I am statement so that it will make more sense in your mind. Satan knows the power of this transformation. His entire intent is to get you to convert his pathetic you are thoughts into I am thoughts. He knows how creation works. He can only create through influencing us to believe him. When prophets in the scriptures invite us to awake, this is an important place. Your awakening occurs. The world refers to this as a higher consciousness. Either way, you are awakening to a consciousness of who is speaking in your mind. You have clarity and discernment, and you begin to use your agency to proactively choose which voice you will heed and which voice you will ignore. When you are living your life spiritually asleep, you live life believing all the thoughts that come into your mind. So much so that you don't even notice the difference in the point of view these thoughts come in. You believe it all, and you live in a trance-like state. As you can imagine, this can lead to chaos and dysfunction in life. Satan is constantly offering up his point of view and how to interpret everything in the world around you. He will tell you stories of who you are, who other people are, what is happening around you. And if you are spiritually asleep, you will believe much of it and act accordingly. You think it's true because it sounds like you. 
while both the voice of God and the voice of Satan will speak in third or second person into your mind, and both will sound like your own voice in your head, an important distinction is that Satan will offer his perspective without your permission or request. The Lord, however, has instructed us to ask, seek, and knock. While hearing Satan's voice takes no effort at all, hearing God's guidance requires effort. And the Lord loves effort. Ask, and ye shall receive. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. When you seek the Lord in a meditation or in prayer journaling, trust the words that come into your mind. Expect his voice to be so still and small that it sounds like the voice in your head. Listen for the other perspective. Expect him to speak in the same style you speak. He designed this divine communication to be so intimate that it is literally within you. Recently, I was reading the church history book, Saints, Volume 1. This is a historical narrative of the unfolding of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. In the early days of the church, the prophet Joseph Smith was receiving revelations for the church that he would write down, and they later became the Doctrine and Covenants, which is a book of scripture that today we reverence and revere and believe to be the Word of God. He was writing the words God spoken to him, much like what I have described as prayer journaling. But in those early days, there were some members of the church council who were reluctant to have them published. I'm going to quote from the 13th chapter of the book. It says, they knew Joseph was a prophet and they knew the revelations were true, but they were embarrassed that the word of the Lord had come to them filtered through Joseph's limited vocabulary and weak grammar. The Lord did not share their concern. In his preface, he had testified that the revelations came from him given to his servants in their weakness after the manner of their language. To help the men know the revelations came from him, he issued a new revelation, challenging the council to select the wisest man in the room to write a revelation like the ones Joseph had received. If the man selected for the task was unable to do it, everyone in the room would know and be responsible to testify that the Lord's revelations to Joseph were true, despite their imperfections. Taking up a pen, William W. Phelps tried to write a revelation, confident in his mastery of language. When he finished, though, he and the other men in the room knew what he had written had not come from the Lord. They admitted their error and signed a statement testifying that the revelations had been given to the prophet by the inspiration of God. In council, they resolved that Joseph should review the revelations and correct those errors or mistakes which he may discover by the Holy Spirit. Close quote. I love this historical insight and what it reveals to us about the process of receiving revelation. It shows indeed 
that God's word comes to us in the language we understand and in the language we speak. It comes through our own filter, even to a prophet. It comes through his own filter. The church council was hesitant to publish the revelations that we now have as the doctrine and covenants because it was written in the same style that Joseph spoke. I read the Doctrine and Covenants today, and it sounds very poetic, but language has changed significantly in 200 years. We don't speak the same today. 200 years ago, those words sounded like the way Joseph normally spoke. It came through his own filter. Similarly, when we listen to our current prophet speak in General Conference, he speaks in his own style and language. It sounds like him. God's response to this situation is the context for the first section of the Doctrine and Covenants, verse 24. It reads, Behold, I am God and have spoken it. These commandments are of me and were given unto my servants in their weakness, after the manner of their language, that they might come to understanding. Close quote. He will speak to us in the same style of language that we speak. He will speak through our own filter, or in other words, in your weakness. Also, this insight notes that Joseph would go back afterwards and make any corrections that he would discover by the Holy Spirit. We are humans with limitations, not only in our language, but in our understanding. If we make an error in what we write, we can go back and correct it. The prophet did this, so can we. You will not always hear perfectly. Personal revelation is a skill that requires practice. Conversing with the Lord is a skill that requires practice. If, however, your underlying intent is to faithfully learn how to do this better and better, you will always eventually end up at the correct destination. This is why I don't worry so much if what I hear is 100% accurate or not. My intent is pure, and I'm learning through experience. Be willing to trust that the words you hear are from Him, and that if you still have a little bias in what you hear, that He will correct and guide you as you go along. As Dieter F. Uppdorf has said, doubt your doubts before you doubt your faith. More guidance comes on the move. Trust that what you hear is from him and that he will correct and guide you as you go along. Friends, I hope this brief description of how to converse with the Lord prompts you to explore it for yourself. If you'd like my full guide where I teach my complete approach, I share my favorite questions and prompts, and I address the most common questions and concerns, you can find it at workandwonderco.com. Imagine your life conversing with the Lord and receiving detailed revelation for your exact questions and circumstances, and look forward with faith. See, say, feel, do, and become. You are a creator. Now go create something great.